I'm ready to go. I feel like Tigger. You know when you wind them up? I feel like Tigger today. I'm excited to preach the Word of God. Uh, but before we start, I'll have to tell you that there are some miracles already happening. My dad is in church with a polo shirt and chinos. And if you know my dad, that's a miracle. I mean, this is the man who wears a shirt and tie and a suit most places he goes. And he's come to church today. I feel highly honoured, Dad, that you've got your chinos and a polo shirt on today. God is at work, people. God is at work. Great things are happening. I did warn them I would take the mickey out of them before we came to church, so it's okay. Right, guys, let's kick in. Here we go. We're in Acts chapter 8 today, and a fantastic story about a guy. You can call him Phil if you like. The Bible calls him Philip. Um, why did Paul go to Ephesus, was it? Why did, why did Paul go to Philippi? Is that the joke? I've got it wrong. Forget it. It's totally wrong. To Philippi. Someone like that. Yeah, someone like that. Okay, here we go. Forget that. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Here we go. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandaki, or the Queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet, and the Holy Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news. It's good news about Jesus. It ain't bad news, it's good news about Jesus. As they travelled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptised? And some translations say this. Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. The eunuch answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water. Shall I say that again? Down into the water. I'll come back to that. Down into the water. Not the water on top of his head. Down into the water. That's what the Bible says. Down into the water. And Philip baptised him. And when he came up out of the water... The spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again. But he went on his way rejoicing. Wow, so you should. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and travelled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. This is a great story. Fabulous story about God at work in a Christian's heart to bring across our path people that God wants us to talk to. This is not just for people who are evangelists. This is for every Christian, 
Every Christian can engage in this. So I want to help us as a church today, really, to look at the whole thing of evangelistic advance. How are we as a church going to move forward and sharing the good news of Jesus? I want to try and equip you today. I'm going to boom, 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 pretty quick, because time's short. So let's get to it. The first thing I think God wants to remind us of is this. God loves to bless obedience. You don't get saved by ticking boxes. You get saved by coming to know a person and experiencing that person and the life-transforming power of Jesus Christ. But God loves to bless our obedience. When we step out and we say, I love you, Lord. I want to do this because I love you. Not because, oh, I've got to do that, man. I've got to pray. Oh, no. I want to pray, Lord. I love you. I want people to come to know you. And so what happens here is this man, Philip, gets told something very important. Here it is. The angel of the Lord tells Philip, go south to the road, the desert road. And it says in scripture, he started out. The first thing I want to say to you today, lovingly, is this. Are there things that God has already told you to do and you still haven't started out? God spoke to Philip and said, I want you to go I want you to go south to the road, and the Bible says Philip did exactly what God told him to do. I'm challenged by that. Is there anything in your heart today and you think, the Lord spoke to me six months ago and asked me to do this, and I still haven't done it. Let me encourage you today, whatever God asks you to do, let's do it, because it brings a blessing. It brings a blessing when we obey the Lord and we do what he asks. Let's start out. Let's do what Philip does. Let's go, let's go for it. And then it says in verse 29 uh, that this Holy Spirit told him, go to that chariot and stay near it. Interesting, isn't it? God gives him specifics. But the thing that really hits me, and I hope it hits you too, is this. He only got the second instruction after he followed the first. I think today, some of us, there's something God's asked you to do. Let me encourage you, brothers and sisters, go do it. Because there's more instructions to come. There's more things that God wants to say. There's more things that God wants to lead you into, but he's waiting for your response to the first instruction. Philip responds, he goes south on the road, and secondly, the Holy Spirit says, by the way, see that guy over there, and he's nice, uh, he's nice private reg chariot, perhaps, because he was a very wealthy man representing the queen of Ethiopia, probably something like a chancellor, in charge of the country's money, and the Holy Spirit says, go up to that guy's chariot. God's got something that needs to be done. And he obeys him. Anybody in here who loves Jesus want to obey God? I do. I don't always get it right. I don't always do what I should. But I want to obey the Lord. I want to obey his promptings, yeah? I want to do crazy things in the natural. But when God says do it, do it. Very quickly, I think some of you, I told you this. A few weeks ago, Debs and I popped up to the co-op after church down in Prettygate. Old guys looking for something on the ground we said can we help you mate what's what's the problem can we help yes i've lost my hearing aid an old man i've just been to church he said and i've lost my hearing aid and I, can't, I can't find it so we looked for his hearing aid and we couldn't find it he's an absolute gentleman lovely guy we start to walk away bye now take care see you later start to walk away the holy spirit i believe says to me offer to pray for that man oh oh that could be embarrassing I sometimes wonder if God says, so what? <laughs> so what? Who cares about embarrassment? So what? Anyway, second time, I think you should go and pray for that guy. All right, Lord, I'll do it. 
So Debs and I went back. Um, we're Christians too, mate. We go to Redeemer Church, Colchester. I just feel the Lord would like me to pray for you. Is that okay? Oh, yes, that's absolutely fine, he said. How many people have realized that the vast majority of people you offer to pray for, they generally say yes? The devil tells us they'll all say no. They'll slap you. They'll give you grief. They'll mouth off at you. Most people I've offered to pray for say yes. On odd occasion, no thanks. Respectfully, no thanks. So we prayed for him. I asked the Lord to come and bless him and improve his hearing. That's what I prayed for. Walked away. Bless you. Oh, thanks very much, he said. Take off. Next Sunday, we come to church here at Redeemer. We're about to leave in the front car park. This guy pulls up in his car in the car park. He's not been at the service. He pulls up, gets out his car, and who's walking across to the front door of Redeemer but this old guy, Stanley. He said, I went home. I looked you up, Redeemer Church, Colchester. I looked up. I found out where you met for worship, and I just wanted to come back and say, thanks. Thanks for praying for me. I found my hearing aids. Well, it'd be great if he got healed, but bless God, he can hear a bit better now because he's, he's found his hearing aids. But listen, it's not down to Al for all the results, but it's down to Al for the obedience. Please don't go too hard on me with sovereignty gone too far. This story tells us, yes, that this man had to get alongside people to explain the message. Can God save people without us? Yes, he can. And sometimes he does. But we need to cooperate. My responsibility, our responsibility is, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'll do that. And then leave the results to God and trust God to do what's best. Is there anybody encouraged or hearing me? Come on. Secondly, God reveals his plan in his timing. There seem to be times in our life when God asks us to do something and we obey him and then we move on to something else. Here's a classic. God said to Abraham, leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's house and go to the land I'll show you. He did not understand all the ins and outs of where he was going, what God was calling him to. Guess what? He just believed God. It's quite scary, isn't it? Imagine if God said that to you today. Leave your parents. God said that to me. I think that's why I'm in England, not Scotland. I know, you, I know some of you are sitting there. I don't want to get into politics. So, well, Mr. You know, Mr. McDonald, it's the same country. Okay, whatever. One part of the country then to the next. The reason why I'm here is God said, leave your country, leave your family, leave your home, leave what you're used to, and go to another place I'll show you. I never understood it all. I never, I never worked out everything, how it would all work out. But I'm blessed. Can I say it publicly? I'm blessed to be in England. I'm blessed to be in England. I'm blessed to be here. And people say, people say to me, although, do you miss home? Well, I get it. But for me, home is when you're in the will of God. If you're in the will of God and you know where you should be, that's home. Because you know you're doing what pleases your father. Romans says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. And evidence that we belong to him is that we follow him, we obey him, we do what pleases him. I want to ask you something. Is there anything today in your life that God's asked you to do? It might be something to do with your time or your finances. It might be something to do with taking a stand for Jesus in the workplace. Or it might be, it might be uh, loving people who are difficult, people who you find uh, are a wee bit anti in terms of you, your faith. Is it something God's asked you to do? Let me encourage you today. Come on, let's obey Jesus. Because if you obey Jesus, 
I'm not telling you it'll be easy, but I'm telling you you'll be blessed because when you obey the Lord, that's how you get blessed. When you go your own way and do your own thing, in my experience, it doesn't tend to end very well. All right, let me encourage you. Thirdly, let's move on. God wants to fill you with his compassion for the lost. Uh, today's a difficult day in many ways. I found it quite emotional for us saying goodbye to Kate. But I'll tell you what, I found it really emotional when we sang, Win this nation back! We used to have times in this nation when our leaders would say, let's get together and pray. Let's ask God to come and bless our nation. Let's cry out to God for his mercy. We need him. We don't do that anymore. God, we cry out to you today, win this nation back. Let the people of this nation turn upwards. Let the leaders of this nation turn upwards and cry out to God for his blessing upon our country. That's what we need. We don't need any more fanciful ideas about how man or woman can sort it themselves. We need to turn to the Lord. We need his help. Is there anybody agreeing with me here? Because without God's help, God is the source of blessing for any nation. So without God's help, without crying out to God, we're in a desperate place. We need to cry out, people of God. We need to cry out. I want to say this to you. This man, the, the eunuch, was a very high-ranking person. Philip did not seem to be intimidated by the man's rank because Philip's motivation was that this man needed Jesus. That's got to be our motivation. We should not be intimidated by anybody the bottom line is that everybody needs Jesus. And Philip sees this man as precious, someone for whom Christ died. He sees him as precious and he wants to bring the good news of the gospel to him. And I feel God wants to challenge us today because a lot of this is a challenge for my own life, but it's a challenge for all of us. Is there anybody you find it difficult to talk to about Jesus? Can I be really straight, people? Can I be really straight? Gay people transgender people, people of a different color, culture, creed, religious background, upper class, aristocracy, homeless. Is there anybody you think, I, I don't know how I can talk to these people about Jesus. I don't know how I could do that. Is there anything in our hearts that keeps us away from such people? If there is, let's deal with it. Let's ask God to, to, to forgive us of any barriers that we've put there that prevent us from sharing the gospel with every single man or woman or boy or girl that we meet. Jesus came to die for sinners. That's what the Bible says. So guess what? This is, I was thinking this this morning before I came. This is the most inclusive message ever. If you say, we need to be inclusive, let me tell you something today. This is the most inclusive message ever. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So whoever you are today, however you identify yourself, whoever you are, whatever your background is, whatever your behavior is, guess what? We're all in the same boat that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's the bottom line. So that means when someone who is very obviously needy and poor, financially poor, needs help and support, and they come to Redeemer, they are welcomed, they are loved, they are received. Guess what? 
when a guy or a girl pulls up in the car park with a Merc or a Rolls Royce, they equally get loved because they need Jesus as well. Is anybody hearing me here? Every person needs Jesus. They're all welcome. They all need to be received. They all need to hear the good news because you might have plenty of money and be rich in terms of this world's financial gain, but if you've got, if you've got no life with Jesus Christ, you are poor. You are poor. You are spiritually poor. So it's really important to remember that. Pray. Would you pray, church? Pray for divine appointments, even this week. I want to encourage us, perhaps we'll do it in a moment. I want us to pray, just even out loud, pray for this week for divine appointments. And let's get on WhatsApp community this week and say, guess what? Would you pray for this person? I just spoke to them, my next door neighbor. Guess what? I was round at my kid's school gate. I was talking to this lady. Will you pray for her? Let's get the church community uh, WhatsApp bombarded with loads of stories about people in this church, this great family of believers. Let's bombard the, the WhatsApp with all these people that we meet and tell the good news to because we want to pray for them and support each other in sharing the gospel. Fourthly, don't give up on religious people. Uh, verse 27 tells us that the Ethiopian man was going to Jerusalem to worship. Uh, in the world's eyes, he was a good guy. He gave to the poor and stuff. He was a, he was a good guy but he didn't really seem to have this living relationship with Jesus. And there's a man in the next chapter who's quite similar, Saul of Tarsus. This guy was going around persecuting Christians. He was the most, one of the most religious guys out there. And yet God got a hold of his life and utterly transformed him and changed him. There may be in some of our hearts a tendency to give up on religious people we think they're so hard you know my neighbors they're so entrenched in their religion this is tough how am i going to how am i going to share the gospel with these people philip is not intimidated he's convinced that this gospel works as i was preparing just my heart today before i came out i just wanted to say this to you i am utterly convinced i want to say that again i am utterly convinced that this gospel of Jesus Christ is the only message, the only gospel that can transform the hearts and lives of men and women, even religious people. So today, when you go home, or maybe before we go, pray for the imams, pray for the priests, pray for the rabbis, pray for the people down your street who are soaked in their religion, but they don't know Jesus. Don't give up on the religious people. Because Christ died for the religious people just as much as he, he died for those who don't care at all about religion. I'm very, very challenged by this. Philip loved this man. He was a religious man, but he needed an encounter with Jesus. And Philip did not back off. Philip goes up into his chariot and he shares the good news with him. I want to share the good news. I want to say this lovingly. I work in a school and I'm saying this lovingly with some religious people. The religious people but they don't have the joy. They don't know the grace that I've encountered because they don't really know them. They know about them. They know theories about them. They know things they've been told to believe about them, but they don't really know them. And I want them to know them. I want all my colleagues and all my kids at school, I want them to really know Jesus. When I stand before God, he ain't gonna ask me, do you have a badge that's Protestant? Or do you have a badge that's Catholic? What he's gonna ask me is, do you know my son? That's what matters. Do you really, really know my son? That's, the, that's it. Do you know him? Do you really know him? Pray for religious people. 
as well as others. Number five, never underestimate the power of God's word. Why do we think that some Christian brothers and sisters spent aching hours, weeks, months and years translating the word of God to give to the tribes, the people groups, and it's an ongoing process. Why did they do that? Why did they give their lives to translate scripture so that other people could have it? Do you know why? Because there's power in the word of God. It's not a novel. It's not any old book. It's the word of God. And when you put the, the word of God into the hands of people, you give them the most precious weapon, if you like, against Satan. Because what happens is when they read the word of God and they, we pray for them and they encounter Jesus, their lives are transformed. I want to encourage you, if you've got a few copies of the word of God, let's be asking, Father, who do you want me to give those copies of John's gospel away to? Give away the word of God. Give people the word of God. Because the scripture says faith, faith comes by hearing. And hearing comes by the word of God. It comes by the word. So it's important that we do that. Peter says, you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. I think God wants to remind us, put your confidence, of course, in him, but put your confidence in what God says. His word, put your confidence in it. You can take it to the bank. If he says it, he means it. And it will come to pass because he says it. It's his word. Sixthly, be prepared to explain the gospel. Is there anyone here who is a Christian who continually wants to grow in their faith? Because I do, yeah? I've heard people say um, something like this. Well, way back in 1976, I became a Christian and the Lord forgave my sins. And I go, yes, hallelujah, brilliant. What's happening with you at the moment? How's your relationship with Jesus at the moment? Oh, well, I gave my life to the Lord in 1976. No, 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 hold on, hold on. That was the start. It's an ongoing, once we give that, our lives to him, it's an ongoing commitment to grow, to know him more and to love him and appreciate him more. I've said before, sorry, I'm, I'm going to say it again. My appreciation of Christ is far deeper now than it was when I first met him. Lots of Christians tell me, ah, well, when I first met the Lord, I was filled with such joy. What about now? When you spend time getting to know someone and to love someone, your, your love, your appreciation, your joy of that person should be something that grows. Okay? There's a little challenge for all of us that are married as well. Let's grow to love one another more and more. That's, that's a little uh, example on the earth where we can show that love. That It's the same principle, isn't it? God wants us to know him better. Be prepared to explain the gospel. Peter says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. So when you first become a Christian, it might be something like you say to your friend, I don't understand it all, but I know that God loves me and Jesus has died for me, he's forgiven me. Oh yes, I belong to him. That might be what it looks like. But this guy gets up in the chariot He's learnt a little bit of the word of God. And the eunuch says to him, who's this writer talking about? And he's able to explain a little bit. 
this is about Jesus. And the Bible says he starts to unpack the story for the guy and he tells them about Jesus. Now, I want to encourage this church, let's get in the word of God. Let's get to know the word of God better. Let's understand more about the great faith, the precious faith that we have so that when we meet people, we gradually, bit by bit, can answer some of their questions because we're growing in our own faith and we're growing in our knowledge of the word of God. It's important that we do that. We don't have all the answers. I certainly don't. There are things people ask me I can't give you an easy answer for all. But I hope we together are growing in our appreciation of God's word and getting to know him through his word and being able to explain to people some of the things that we treasure. The last thing is this. Number seven, don't battle, sorry, don't settle for converts. Make disciples. I don't just, I'll be very blessed if people say, I've given my life to Jesus. That's fantastic. That's one of the greatest things you'd ever want to hear. But our Redeemer, what about more than that? I want to help people to grow in their newfound faith and not just say, well, thanks for coming. You love Jesus. See you later. Bye. No, we want to try and encourage you and help you. And here's what happens. This Ethiopian man makes a response to the message and he says this, why shouldn't I be baptized? He doesn't say, why should I be baptized? He says, why shouldn't I be baptized? In other words, this is what should happen. He understands that becoming a Christian means He's finished with the old life. And he's now embarking on a new life. And very briefly, that largely is what baptism, believing, a believer's baptism signifies. When you go under the water, you are saying, I'm dead to the old life. I'm finished. R-I-P, finished, dead, gone, buried. Then you get out of the water and you rise up, and you're symbolizing, I'm in a new life now. And this man gets it. He gets it. He says, I'm going to follow this Jesus. I'm going to make him mine. What's stopping me, Philip? What's stopping me from getting baptized? And as they get on with the chariot, they stop the chariot. Now, I hinted at this earlier on. It says they went down into the water. Listen, I've no disrespect for my Anglican friends. They love Jesus, many of them very passionately. I'm not criticizing. I'm just going to tell you what I believe from the Word of God. For me, believer's baptism. You repent, you believe in the Lord Jesus, and one of the signs of that obedience and following him is to be baptized as a believer in water. Under the water, I'm dead to the old life. Up we go, woohoo, a new life, and I'm going to celebrate it. That's part of discipleship. So let me ask you, lovingly, if you're here today, and you, you say, well, I, I, I've become a Christian. I, I, I love Jesus. I want to live for Jesus. Fantastic. I'm going to say it lovingly. Why shouldn't you be baptized? Why shouldn't you be baptized? Maybe you've got a good excuse. That's fine. Maybe you've got a feeble one. Well, you know, uh, people would be there and they'd be a bit embarrassed. It's okay. We'll help you. We'll help you. Why shouldn't you be baptized? So let me say to you today, go away, pray, get in touch with us if we can help. Let's have some baptisms. Let's have some people saying, I'm a follower of Jesus now and I want to show this to people. I want to go under that water and back up and say, I am living for Jesus Christ and I'm going to show it. So Philip 
He's not there with the whole package yet. <laughs> he's not there with the whole package of receiving the Holy Spirit. But he's made a good start. He's, got, he's, he's, he's told this guy about Jesus. He's come to faith and the guy gets baptized in water. And it says that Philip disappeared. Now, I find this really fascinating. So forgive me for being a little bit lighthearted for a minute. But I love this mode of transport. You know, never mind Ryanair or EasyJet. I quite like this mode of transport. It says that Philip kind of just woo-hoo, disappeared. And I like that. And then, uh, and then he turned up some other place somewhere else and people saw him. How on earth, how on earth did he get there? It was not a five pound one way when I and Something happened, something happened where he was transported. Anybody else in the room quite fancy that? I wonder if he had to isolate or quarantine, you know, when he got there. Hopefully not. But somehow he just, he gets transported from there to somewhere else. I like that mode of transport. That could be quite nice. Save a fortune. Got a bit of Scottish blood in me there. Save some money. Fantastic. Get from one place to the next as fast as possible. But he appears somewhere else. Guess what? He keeps on telling people about Jesus. I love it. Please, please, brothers and sisters, please don't say, oh, that's okay for these people out there who are evangelists. No. Every single person, all of us in this room, we have a beautiful commission to gossip the gospel. Every one of us playing our part to gossip the gospel. And this man, he can't help himself. He's got to tell more and more people about Jesus because he's utterly convinced of the message. Let's not be ever ashamed of this message. I was in staff room the other day. A new guy started in, the, in the, another department. We got talking. Sometimes you just feel that surge of the Holy Spirit's presence. We were talking about faith and stuff. I said, I am a passionate lover of the Lord Jesus. I do not want to live for anybody else. That's not because I was good at it. It's his power that enables us to do it. So never ever, people of God, never ever be ashamed of this gospel. Never think, don't be ashamed of it. The world needs to hear what we have to say. Not so much we have to hear what the world says. The world needs to hear the message we have because Humbly, we've got the only message that works. The only message that works and the only message that can win this nation back. No other way, can I be bold? No other way. Jesus Christ is the only, 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 only way. No other way. Shall we stand to pray? I'm done. Let's stand to pray. If there was one thing that, um, just a little bit prophetically as we come to worship, one thing that was on my heart is I, I felt like I couldn't physically hear it, but I felt a little bit like it, it felt like some chains falling on the ground. And we sang that song, and one of the lines of the worship song earlier, it says, you have broken every chain. So let's just come now as we worship. Let's open our hearts to the Lord. If it helps you, don't have to, but if it helps you, maybe open your hands and say, Lord, I want to receive from you today. Uh, as we continue to worship, let's receive. If there's anything you need to just bring to God where you feel bound up, say, Jesus, your power has broken the chains. I'm stepping away from it now. I'm free. If you don't know Jesus yet, listen, this man 
died on a cross the most horrific death you ever could die. He did it for you. He did it for me to make a way back to the one that created us. He created us for relationship. It was broken. It was smashed. But Jesus has made a way to bring us back together again. And he shed his blood. He's died in our place that we could be forgiven. So why on earth? I say this. Why on earth would I ever want to run away from that love? Why on earth would I ever want to run away from such a great Savior? Let me ask you today. You know, do you want to run to him? Run to him. Run to Jesus. Run to be rescued. Run to be saved. Run to be filled with such purpose, such destiny that he has for you. So as we sing this song, we're inviting the Holy Spirit just to come and do what he does beautifully, right? So, Father, we invite your spirit now. Let your presence, let your word accompanied with your presence change us and transform us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.